Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we have an incredible guest on the show, Alyssa Ford. She owns her own recovery clinic. She is a head sports therapist at Richmond Football Club. And she speaks at high schools, teaching them all the amazing things about health and recovery. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Danny and Sherelle, for having me on. I'm very excited to talk today. Can now, I just the, um, add an all-round all legend as well? Like onto that. All-round. Yeah. <laughs> How good. <laughs> just if anyone didn't know that we were Australian, welcome. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's really cool because I mean we've been being close friends for years now, so it felt a little bit weird introducing you so formally, just because you know we're all about the cheeky banter. But I was reflecting on our friendship, and we did meet in a self development course two years ago, was it or three? Yeah, I think it would be about three years now. And so much has changed since then, and it's been so cool to watch you transform and just become the leader that you are but then also being able to have fun in life still and that's what I really admire about you I mean Shirelle and I always talk about it's easy to fall into that grind and hustle and all of that and then you don't end up enjoying your life but for those of you who watch you on Instagram and who know you you are definitely a perfect representation of having fun but also working hard so we we're so excited to have you on today to share some tips. Oh, that's great. Yes, yeah, so I'm all about, you know, working hard, but then obviously you need to be able to enjoy yourself as well because life should be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Work mm-hmm. hard and recover harder. That's exactly right. Well, you're talking her language now. She's going to um, get excited. I, I can't help but notice, you know, high performance habits. Is that the yes. book in the background? Yeah, um, I've been meaning to read that. Isn't it funny how, like, books, that I swear there should be, like, a high achiever book library because it would have, like, all the same books. If you say a book, like, oh, yeah, that's on my book list or, like, I've got that, uh, that's mm-hmm. definitely one that I want to get into. It's a great book. It just, it pretty much sums up um, probably people like ourselves who, who are high performers and the kind of habits that people that do achieve a lot need to have. Mm-hmm. And it's also great because it can also pick out some perhaps weaknesses or habits that perhaps we haven't adopted that we can adopt to just go to that next level. Mm-hmm. Great book. That's really cool. So what are, what are some of those habits that you would say, you know, high performers or high achievers do need um, as an integral part of their day or their success? For me, the biggest habit that you need to have would have to be discipline because it's very easy um, to not do the things that you know you should or perhaps sometimes we don't feel like doing the things that we know that we really need to. But when you've got that discipline there and that strong enough reason why, vision, mission, it will come together with that discipline. Mm. I love that you say that as well because for a lot of people, again, thinking, yes, we must have fun and, and I can train and do all this. However, 
you don't portray the hours that you're putting in and that discipline that you do have. Um, a, a lot of people, it's easy to get mixed up and think, oh, well, you know, Alyssa, and we all sort of live this just fun life all the time. And, and yes, we do have fun, but you have to be disciplined and you have to work hard. Like it's, yeah, yeah it does not come easy. I always, um, I always laugh because sometimes Luke will stir me and be like, have you done anything but Instagram today? Oh, <laughs> oh you'd be burning. Like, you know, because it's so, it's so true. And it's like, um, you know, it, it's, you don't have to post it to prove it. Absolutely not. But like, I think a lot of people don't see what does go on behind the scenes for a lot of successful businesses and people and athletes, like in particular, regardless of what area you're in, it takes discipline to get to a certain level and do the shit that you don't want to do. But I do think that a lot of people get discipline, confused, um, thinking that it needs suffering. And I think Mm. this suffering and sacrifice, they're two different things. And often you see it in the health and fitness space. People are like, discipline 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 and it's butchered people being like discipline means no chocolate ever it's like you don't have to sacrifice effort suffer sorry you have to Mm -hmm. sacrifice you don't have to suffer so it Mm -hmm. is that balance and i think danny we always say yin and yang and if i had a buck for each time i said one of those but it is that fine line because we do find strength in discipline but then also having some playfulness into our life as well Exactly. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. So Alyssa, also known as the recovery queen as well. Why did you become so passionate about this stuff? Health, recovery, you know, teaching others. What led to that? So I have always been really active. I grew up in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne in a pretty much a country-like town. So lots of space uh, and I guess you could have called me a bit of a tomboy. I was outside with my brother playing basketball, playing backyard cricket, you name it. Uh, so it's always been a huge passion of mine. Sundays were adventure day, still is. Yep. <laughs> it's a part of me. Um, and going through my journey, I actually really liked nutrition and that's where I thought I was going to go in the direction of um, until I found sports therapy and sports therapy kind of encompasses many things, but it's essentially about looking after the body in a more holistic way. Mm. So it is your nutrition. It's about your sleep, your mindset, how you breathe, like your movement, multiple things um and and that became a a huge passion of mine but what led to that was probably me having to go through a pretty tough time and Mm. I was 15 years old and like many other 15 year, year olds you don't there's so much information out there when it comes to health and fitness so it's really hard sometimes to know what to what to believe, what to do. Uh, should I eat this way? Should I eat that way? Should I train this way? Should I train that way? There's so much conflicting information. And for me, I didn't know. I didn't have anyone that I was inspired by or that educated me how to look after myself. It's not something that you learn in high school. We no don't, way. we're not taught uh, how to look after our, ourselves. We're more taught how to think and you know your maths your English all that kind of thing which is great um but I got to a point in life where I thought I was looking after myself by training uh, a lot 
uh, eating really healthy. Uh, and it kind of actually turned into a little bit of a, an illness for me. Um, I went to hospital uh, throughout my year 12 um, year. Uh, I didn't sit my exams. I was in there for three months. I got a derived score and, and it was because I didn't know how to look after myself that I took it to an extreme. And, you know, I kind of dug myself a hole in which I wasn't able to get out of without that professional help. Wow. And thank you for sharing that because this topic is definitely something that's extremely common. Um, but I think that it's important for our listeners to hear that you can get out of this stuff. And obviously, yeah, you had professional help, but look at you now, like you probably never would have thought it. So I really appreciate that you've shared that. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a real testament. Like, thank you again, as Danny said. Mm. Um, you know, we've spent the last couple of episodes, I think, sharing a little bit about our childhood trauma, no matter what it is, how big or small, you know, trauma manifests and shapes and, and it establishes our character. And I think it's really easy to look back at a lot of these traumas and think like, you know, remember the the negatives but then also um it's really important to be able to be like well this is why you're so passionate about what you're doing because you know it's it's driven you to this place where you don't want other people to go through that sacrifice and you're just like it's it's so empowering to be able to share and teach from your lessons mm. um so is, is yeah. would you say is that what has grown and and flourished the business that you've got now and i guess the mindset hundred percent. Um, I'm so grateful for my experience because it's, that's what has created this huge fire and this passion in me to educate other people about the importance of looking after your body. Because I wish I had somebody that had have done that for me. Yeah. So, you know, for me, yeah, my business has grown um, to this point because I am genuinely so passionate about educating as many people as I possibly can about the importance to look after your body. And I knew that I couldn't solely do that myself. And that's why I created an incredible team of people around me who share that same passion um, day in, day out. And it's pretty awesome how it has snowballed into, you know, a business that's really got, going places because we believe so strongly in our vision of educating thousands if not millions of people about that importance to look after your body and you know that's going to be through hands-on uh, seeing people face to face but then also moving into more of this online space which given the current times has um has almost again been a bit of a blessing to take things more online to reach more people yeah and your passion is so evident and that's why you will continue to be successful um yeah we can work hard but then it has to be fueled by passion because you and i we always say or and Sherelle as well you know that's where you get your energy if you wake up and what you're doing excites you or the bigger vision which you've been talking about mm -hmm. then you know you can't you can't fake that Nah. that's that's the real deal so mm -hmm. amazing yeah and when we speak about energy and stuff as well you know it's not a time thing it's an energy thing and that's what you know you can work bloody hours and hours and have no days off and sometimes it doesn't feel like you're working you know whereas if you're in a job and I think that's what a lot of people do is they think they have to go to work and just like it and I sort of think, oh, my God, you're missing the boat if you're going to work and just liking it. You know, you should mm. love what you do. You should wake up. And, you know, we're all very fortunate that we've sort of found areas that we are super passionate about. 
Um, and like what you said, Danny, you just can't fake it. You can see it in your facial expression. You can hear it in your voice that you're like, this is what you were put here to do. Yep. So you do have a, an incredible team working with you. And I was lucky enough to work for you last year as well and be a part of the team. And God, we had fun. It was we did. awesome. Um, and yeah, a lot of people always say that they want to own their own clinic or they want to be their own boss and all of that. But like, what does that actually involve? What was the mindset shift that you had to go through from working in a gym to then creating, having your own clinic and creating your own team? Do you know what? It's because the vision is so far outside of myself. Like a lot of people um, may start a business because they want to be whatever they want to be or they want to have this set certain income. If I rewind back to the beginning, I never started Bliss to have a business. It kind of started off as treating family and friends outside of my house because I loved what I was doing and I just wanted to practice it on people and inevitably friends of friends and and friends of my family members started wanting to come and see me too and I was treating out of my parents house at this point and I thought god I can't have all these strangers coming coming to my house um, and I got the opportunity to open up within that gym space and even then I never felt ready to have a business and I didn't even think of myself as a business owner I was just loving helping people um, but it kind of got to the point where I could physically not treat any more people um, as a sports therapist it's obviously very hands-on lots of massage um, dry needling cupping all that kind of thing and I, I needed a holiday and I got somebody in to just help me um, and then from that it started growing because I had to have more staff members coming in to be able to service the amount of people that were, were needing their bodies to be looked after. Mm. Um, so I think it took me uh, a lot of personal development. As you said earlier, we met on a course um, mm. with Danny Vorhauer and prior to doing that course, I had all these limiting beliefs of, I'm not a business owner. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'm so busy, like all this stuff. And it was, it was probably Dan who helped me to understand that in order for me to achieve my vision and help the amount of people that I was wanting to help, I needed to level up and I needed to become better and believe mm -hmm. in myself as a leader and that was a huge uh, transition and shift in my journey in that sense because that was when I really started to believe in myself and, and I guess had those pieces of the puzzle that were missing for me to take it to that next level. That's awesome because we can pretend that we're going to do something so much, but if we truly don't believe it from within, we're always going to self-sabotage and we're always going to find a reason to not get the thing that we think we want. So how did you actually start to believe that you are a leader and all of that? Like, what did you do? I did a lot of self-work of digging deep into where those beliefs stem from because a lot of our beliefs are obviously stemmed or um, from our childhood and it can be the most 
ridiculous stories uh, that we've told ourselves from things that have happened in our experiences that we carry on throughout our life. And they're so ingrained in us that we just think that is what it is. Mm. But everybody's had a different experience. So everybody obviously therefore has different beliefs about themselves. Mm. So for me, it was about uncovering where they stem from and really just breaking through them because um, to be a leader, like we were saying before, you've got to have that belief. People need to respect you, be inspired Mm. by you. Uh, You need to have that compassion towards others. So it was really working on all those things. doing a lot of affirmation type work, like I I am is probably um, the strongest ritual in a sense that I have. They're all next to my bed. I am a leader. Mm. I am strong. I am grateful. I am. And it just makes you feel it and embody it. And it's, it's almost like a skill, a practice. The more and more that you, that you do those kind of things, the more and more you believe in yourself and then the stronger that you can become. Amazing. I feel so inspired sitting here. Like, I feel like you're speaking to me. I just feel like I'm in the audience. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) Well, you would have had to go through that recently, Sherelle. I know um, you're transitioning from the the midwifery world and hospitals now to doing your own thing. Mm. Out of you had to overcome your own beliefs as well. So, Because I told myself all all that stuff and it's not until you're sort of like, realize that you are sabotaging yourself and um, doing yourself a disservice by not, you know, taking the plunge and taking the leap and, and realizing that you're not letting go of things. Like you just, you just navigating, you know, you get to these roadblocks and we, we're, we're so soon to think it's all or nothing. It's freaking this or it's that. Um, And we can psych ourselves out really easily. But like what you said, I think something that I was, um, have been doing as well, like with journaling is, you know, because I was just journaling and oh, I wasn't really getting it. And I think we always come to these things like we would just start meditating and we just start, you know, and for a while it serves us really well. And then we start just doing it as another tick in the box off the to-do list. Yeah. So I sort of um, stopped doing it for a while, but like the last few weeks, what I've been doing instead, which I find really well, which is, I guess what you've been talking about is writing out how my day goes. So today, like um, past tense. So today I did blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and I actually write it out and write what my, I want my day to look like. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, it's funny how much you can make it correlate. And I'm like, my day ended up how, exactly like how I wanted it. Sometimes it doesn't, don't get me wrong, but it's almost, I guess, a form of manifesting yeah. how you want your day to turn out. Yep. And if you start that day uh, with something to look forward to, things can happen to you in the in the out in the world but then how you respond to it changes Mm. because and not saying that i wake up every day and it's as i always say sunshine and rainbows like particularly now like yeah i've been finding it tough because it's not fun here at the moment but we just have to make the best of this situation and if we start the day in a different mind frame and and something to look forward to life can throw us curveballs and we react differently and we don't let it just snowball into this big drama um, and let it get the better of us. So language is powerful, but then also catching yourself out on your language is powerful because we might want all of the success. And, and you mentioned, Alyssa, affirmation saying I am, not I want to be. Yeah. So we might want these things, but then 
if we feel like we don't deserve success deep down or we don't deserve money, we don't deserve fame or whatever, whatever you want. I know they're superficial examples, but you know, we work hard. We think we should deserve money, but a lot of people don't. And then that will ruin you. So until we address those underlying beliefs, we'll just go around in circles. You'll fight, you'll start to see traction, but then something will happen. Mm-hmm. 10 steps back. So it's really important to be self-aware on your language, but mm-hmm. it takes next level concentration and just giving yourself that space mm-hmm. to work out, okay, how do I actually feel about this? Mm-hmm. Something, something simple that I like to do daily is to set an intention for the day because then perhaps when something does come up that's a little bit challenging or you've got negative thoughts or whatever, you can just really simply come back to that intention. Maybe you take three to five deep breaths surrounding that as well. And it's just a good way to, um, I guess, bring you back to what you wanted to get out of that day and you're going to then therefore be more likely to achieve that. Um, And also when you're looking for something, it's like when all of a sudden, let's just say you want a Range Rover, you just start seeing them everywhere. And it's, it's kind of the same thing with setting an intention, whatever that intention is, your subconscious mind will look for things to support that intention. So Sherelle, as you were saying before, it's funny how you get to your end of the day and you're like, oh, you know, that pretty much was my day. And that's got a little bit to play in it because our subconscious mind is so powerful, hence why, you know, working on your mindset and affirmations, intentions, all that thing that sometimes can seem a little silly, like, oh, what's this even doing is actually so powerful, but yet so simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something I have to say to myself all the time is like, Sherelle, you spend so much time training and working on your, your body and, and everything. You know, why don't we spend a good amount of time working on your brain as well? Because you know, you're going to get just as much, if not more benefits from your mindset, um, because that's what shows up and holds our body accountable. You know, that discipline muscle, we need to flex it. Yeah. Yep. And what I've experienced um, within lockdown is just how connected we are to other humans and how powerful other people's energy is. And because naturally we're empathetic humans, you know, some more than others, but deep down we are all connected. So who you hang around with, what you hear, like what you consume yourself with, whether it be on social media, other people, what you read, that's a game changer. That is so important. And I don't want to pull out the old quote about you are the five people that you surround yourself with. However, that quote exists for a reason because it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to your team at Bliss, mm-hmm. how do you like manage everyone and how do you continue to allow people to be an individual but then have the same values and foundations? Mm-hmm. It's taken me a very uh, long time to find a really awesome team. Um, You know, I feel like everyone is an individual, but if you all share common views um, and beliefs, you'll work as a team. Um, Now, how I manage them, again, like I feel like there's this perception or... Uh, I don't really know the word to use, but how a boss should be. 
Like a stereotype. And, yeah, a stereotype. Mm. And I thought, do you know what? I don't really care what um, that stereotype is. For me, I'm going to decide who I want to be because at the end of the day, you need to be okay with who you are. And so as a boss, I mean, Danny, you've worked with me. Like, I think, you know, my quote, can we have some fun now? (laughs) (laughs) You're the most fun boss ever. (laughs) Like work is, you spend so much of your time at work and if you're not enjoying it, then what are you even doing? So obviously there's a time in which we need to be professional and I, as I say to my staff, like, okay, I'm going to put my boss hat on now if we need to have perhaps a difficult conversation or whatever it may be. But we all get along really well. We're very open, honest. We communicate. Uh, we catch up. We we talk about things. So, um, yep. you know, managing them as such isn't even um, like it just flows. It, we just work well. I don't put myself up here. We're all the same. We all work hard. We all love what we do. We're good at it. We're professional. We genuinely care. So, I guess having that common um, common ground that brings us all together manages itself mm, really, manages really itself special. that's really good teamwork makes the dream work and i think when you've you know <laughs> like when you're surrounded with like like what you said people who hold the same vision and and mm. values and everything it's really easy and i think we've all been in situations where we've had to work with people who just don't want to be there and i've worked you know in big tertiary hospitals with thousands of other colleagues and you know a hundred percent there is a really big portion of people that don't want to be there in that sort of setting so it's really hard when you're always doing the extra and picking up um up after other people so when you're again surrounded by a small group of people that you're hand selected because you know their passions there and they're they've got the right intentions um everything does work and i think even danny like we we find that with each other. Like I joke that I'm like, oh my god, this is sort of work for us. Is this a joke? Is this mm. is this a joke? Like we just catch up for coffee, but it's because you know we hand selected each other and we're both so similar. So mm. we are a product of the five people that we surround ourselves with. Yep, absolutely. And for those who sort of are a little bit resistant to to go out on their own or to find their passion, like. We've all actually, we're all an example of that kind of, we've gone against what we were taught in school, which we, when we had our podcast with Danielle Weber, the amazing artist, uh, we spoke a little bit about this, but I love Alyssa that you're now teaching in schools because the amount of times that I have to, that I say to myself, man, I wish I learned that in school. It's ridiculous. So what advice would you give to people wanting to go out on their own or who need help finding something that they enjoy? I think it's about really asking yourself those tough questions. Um, obviously, everyone's going to have a different passion and, and some people like like what they do, If it, even if it's not being, working by themselves, like that's not something people need to do. But if that's something that somebody wants to do, ask yourself those questions like, all right, this is my passion. This is what I, what I want to do. Why do I want to do it? Um, what does this mean for me in the future? Like you, it's just about asking yourself all those questions. But if you've got something that's strong enough and that you're passionate enough about, then why not? 
Like, why not go out and do something about it? But just be smart about it. Find someone else that's perhaps done done something like that before um, and have that strong support network because that's what's helped me is having that support network and finding other people in a similar position. Yep, amazing. And we always talk about the value of having mentors and coaches and all of that. So who do you, or not who, but... Which areas of your life have you received help from or asked for help regarding? Whenever I've not known something, I've always asked for help because you can't know everything. Like what you don't know, you don't know. And, it, and it's okay to ask for help. We shouldn't know everything and not many people do. So I think mm-hmm. it's about having that vulnerability to whenever I've needed help, just ask. Because there's always going to be someone out there that knows the answer. Um, so I've had to ask for help multiple times like even if you go back to a business I didn't even know what tax was like yeah (laughs) we didn't didn't learn that in school why didn't anyone teach us how to do our tax (laughs) (laughs) like there's so many things I had absolutely no idea what I was doing with so yeah I've just had to ask for for help along the way Um, I'm lucky to treat um, multiple business owners themselves so I you know I talk to them and and ask for advice Um, mentors with with Dan as I spoke about before I've done a bit of Tony Robbins type stuff read a lot of books like you're just constantly learning constantly evolving and and that's what it really boils down to yeah and I think even like you know the people that are in your life in your um, direct, you know, circle, like your family, your partner, your friends, like having support from them as well is almost like that buffer and that reassurance that like, okay, you know, it helps to instill that confidence in you. Um, I think that's also really important. For sure. And so you have mentioned just then that you treat a lot of business owners and we spoke earlier and said that you've worked with Richmond Football Club. So you're clearly, and Melbourne Storm and, and people of that nature. So you're really surrounding yourself with elite people. What common traits do they have? Like what makes them elite at what they do? Yeah, it's I'm, I'm blessed to have worked with a lot of people like that and and I think being in that environment has also, again, helped me to become better. So I've been with Richmond for, for eight seasons. I was at Melbourne Storm for a couple of seasons and then have a lot of um, high-profile people come into the clinic. And probably, again, I'll go back to the very beginning, discipline, like, mm. and, you know, that sacrifice that, you know, they need to make. But they're all they're all such beautiful people. And what I mean by that is they're up here and yet they are so humble. You, the amount of respect I have for people at, at that level is, um, I can't even express it. They, they work hard. They're dedicated. They do what it takes to become better because they didn't get to an elite level by, you know, doing nothing and even at that elite level they're still finding ways to become better um and give back like they're incredible people they're they're grateful they're hardworking. they're disciplined and yeah I just have so much respect for people like that you can't fake being a good human and I think at the end of the day you can just read that from some people sometimes the ego just drips off people and you're like I don't have 
any time for you. But then you come across those people that no matter how successful they are, they don't rub it in people's faces. They're not like, they don't live by their brand or their identity. Um, they just are, you know, authentic in what they do. And it's really um, infectious, like to be able to read that from people. You just gravitate towards those sort of people. Yeah, you do. Um, and I guess I can relate uh, that that kind of environment back to the clinic that I've set up and even just talking now, it's perhaps made me realise even more why I um, do things the way I do things. And I'll take a footy club for the example. They work hard. They're really good at what they do. Um, but as well as that, they have so much fun <laughs> and it just works. So, yeah. yeah. It's important and we know that you're all about having a good time for sure and again, your sort of Sundays, your adventure day, as you said, you're out, you've got the dogs that you're going for walks with and stuff. It is so important because, yes, if, if we're working hard, like as you said, there's always going to be something to do and we always talk about that as well, Sherelle. Like there's literally, no matter what, which milestone you achieve or reach, there's going to be something more and more and more so it is so important just to actually enjoy what you're doing and celebrate it and Mm. I'm saying that so passionately because I'm so guilty of it if you are so I get so driven and excited by what's ahead 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 and yes it works and and I get what I aim for however you just got to stop and enjoy things too and and actually look back and go wow so much has changed in the past 12 months or two years. So, yeah, it's really important. Enjoy it, celebrate it, it. and keep working hard. Mm. Mm. That's it. And no matter who we talk to, really, who's successful in what they do, whether it be, you know, people like yourself or Danielle or the other people that we've had on or anyone in our life or people that we look up to, everyone always has very similar underlying traits and values so you mentioned giving back always asking for help you know staying humble and I think that's what has fueled people's success realizing that there's always more to learn and there will always be someone who's probably better at what you do in one shape or form so it is really important that we always remember those things and Mm. yeah use what's around us ask for help use that information and all of that so i love that you did bring that to attention because you know people can let this stuff get to your head and it's all good and well to pump yourself up and be your own biggest cheerleader but we have to stay humble and and remember where we came particularly when people ask us for help Mm. you know or are new at something like people so many people always ask me, oh, do you look at other trainers and go, oh, what the hell are they doing? I'm like, no, that's where I started, you know, and we always got to remember that, yeah. Yeah, and there will always be new research and stuff. Like the things we're doing now will probably be disproven in 10 years, and that's okay because we don't aim to be right. We just aim to do right, you know, mm. so whatever that looks like over the evolution of time. And I think as well when you start doing, you know, your own thing as well, like with work and business or whatever it might be, there is no how-to book. There is no course descriptor. There is mm-hmm. no blueprint or like resume or whatever, you know. So mm. it's really because you're just like, well, what do I do? Like, where's the steps? That's what I was yeah. like. Where's the how-to for dummies? Of like, <laughs> you know, because again, like what you said, you don't know what you don't know. So 
how do you find out? And then it's like, this is where mentors come in. You know, it's not about, and people put this thing on mentors, like they're this hierarchy. They must have all these, you know, more letters than the alphabet behind their name. And mentors are just like people in your life. You know, like I never looked at my mum as like a business mentor and she'll love this, but they're very successful business owners and I can ask questions and that's a mentor, you know? Mm. So your mentors don't have to be this, um, you know, this high authority figure because they're probably in your life and surrounded everywhere around you. Good point. So that's why it's awesome that you're talking in schools now. And I had the pleasure to join you for one of those times talking to year 10s, were they? Yeah, boys and, yeah. boys and girls, and man, I wish I had someone like you as a teacher, Alyssa. So, why, why students? Why have have you been passionate about that? Well, because I wish I had someone as well when I was in high school that was mm. incredible, and I thought, well, I'm going to be that person. So, working in schools is so rewarding because kids are so impressionable and they've also got so much time left and if if I can teach kids at that young age to look after their body imagine what they're going to be like Mm. that for me is incredible because you know I see so many um you know middle-aged people within the clinic that are like oh you know oh I didn't know that back then I wish I had a had a known to to stretch or to get a treatment or to eat well or to drink well and mm. that kind of thing. So teaching kids is awesome and particularly those that are going to move on into um, you know elite level performance to be able to teach them really good habits at a young age that's going to increase their chances exponentially of them actually achieving their dream and their goal to, to perform at an elite level. For sure. Yeah. And I've had a couple of young athletes come to me in the clinic as well. So just a small taste of what you'd experience sort of on the daily and they're just mini adults, you know, they need to learn the same movement patterns. And a lot of them were coming in with knee pain, similar to adults because their hips and glutes weren't strong enough. So to be with you in that class, you know, teaching them how to do the clans and all of that. Imagine if we learned all that at their age, like game changers. It'd be crazy. I was um, listening to this podcast, um, with you know this female um researcher and she's talking to this uh, about these young girls in gymnastics and all the screwed up shit that happens to young girls in in at that age level and that she was talking about how when they're really young like um pre-puberty how they um not like not feed them enough, but they put them in a significant calorie deficit to delay puberty because once they reach puberty, um, obviously their gait changes, their cue angles, they have to do things differently and they almost have to relearn a lot of the movements as females um, in gymnastics. So she was talking about, you know, a lot of the practices that still happen um, for junior athletes at that age and how it impacts them later in life and what happens to their, you know, athletic career. And it, it made me so sad to think of the stuff because, you know, a lot of things happen that we don't know about. And, you know, like you said, children are very impressionable when it comes to sporting and performance. And I almost think I'm like, Oh God, like, even if I think back, like, I wish I knew that when I was 15, I wish I wasn't waiting for Dolly doctor every month to feel oh, that's like right. ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. so crazy because we didn't have that space to feel comfortable and to be able to ask those questions, you know, like, 
your PE teacher was nine times out of 10 male and they were teaching you sex ed anyways. And let's be real, like, come on. Um, I love that you're dating a male <laughs> PE teacher as you say that when he can probably hear what you're saying. Well, you know, I had to run through that cycle with him before he taught the kids. And it's sort of like, you know, I always said, why is there no like nurses or midwives going in and, and teaching sex ed in, in schools? Like, why yeah. is that not happening? Why don't we have like some sex ed bus that just drives around? And it's like, kids, yes. Like the Harold off. bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, crazy sex ed bus. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like what you said, Danny, you know, we shouldn't be putting condoms on bananas. We should be learning about stuff, you know. I uh, know. Because so, all of a sudden you'd have your normal health teacher then the switch would flick and then all of a sudden you walk in class and oh, there's all this weird shit happening. Your teacher turns into your sex ed teacher. It's like, <laughs> this is gross. And then after like four weeks, it goes back to normal as if nothing ever happened. I'm like, I feel damaged. Oh, it's such an uncomfortable and <laughs> such oh, God. experience. It's so horrible. And even like, even your parents trying to teach, it's like, oh God, God. mom, put that cartoon book away. At least that. You know what I mean? And I just think, <laughs> I just think, why aren't we taught not only like foundational of like how to move our body, right? Like that's evident, but why aren't we taught about all the other stuff that's sort of swept under the rug of like, you know, like calories, why aren't we taught about energy balance and some of those basic principles that we just harp on now and drill into people that are super important. Yeah, mm. it's interesting. And, and we've spoken about this a couple of times. Well, I know I have, but um, the school system, I don't know how I feel about it, man. It create you go in, you have all these dreams and passions, you're creative, and then all of a sudden it's like some weird boot camp where you're in <laughs> uniforms and people tease you and like it's this every like man for themselves or woman for themselves, and then you come out and then it's like fuck, where did all my dreams go? Yeah, like, into some other school and tertiary education. I was listening yeah. to um Ben Pakolsky's podcast and he's a bit alternative with all of that sort of stuff and he homeschools his kids and at the start you know like a while ago I would have been like who the hell would homeschool I'd be like what a job you know what I couldn't imagine doing and like hats off everyone homeschooling their kids are like really hard um and they've probably had a taste of it and thought yeah no not for me but he was talking (laughs) about his rationales as to why he homeschools and obviously he's in the U.S. that was really interesting to actually hear that insight about like you know, getting away from like meal times and like recess break and like spending more times outdoors in nature and actually teaching them skills about, yeah. you know, and I was just like, oh, like it, it, it makes sense, you know, but like what you said, mm. it takes a long time to create change um, in big organizations, whether it's healthcare or education, it takes an incredibly long time. And I know like what you said, you know, Luke's always frustrated about things taking a long time for change, it takes years. Yeah. That's right. And I suppose all we can do is continue to put information out there on as many platforms as we can. And Alyssa, you're getting into the schools yourself and like what's on your vision board regarding what you want to offer school kids? There is, a, there is quite a big shift. There's a lot of high schools that are now actually um, doing like strength and conditioning performance subjects, which I think is actually so cool. Mm. Um, So I guess the more people like us that are passionate about changing the way of the future, the more likely that is to happen. Uh, So with the school kids, I'll continue to speak in schools. Um, I'm working with a speaking coach at the moment to to kind of help 
strengthen um, my message because obviously, um, particularly for kids, they need to be able to resonate and understand the message that you've got because if you're a 15-year-old, you don't really care that much about perhaps sleeping or mm. or whatever it is. I don't need that. Yeah. So I guess helping to educate them to understand those things. Um, so I'll continue to do that. I'm doing a little bit of work with a friend of mine, Steve Coach Lester, who does a lot of work with young athletes, uh, making sure that they've got all those good habits, good traits, coaches, proper movement patterns, does a lot of fitness testing to work out imbalances, weaknesses that they can help correct and strengthen prior to moving, you know, forward in their sport. Um, and then, yeah, continue to, to build the clinic space into a bigger, bigger centre. Amazing. And one thing as well, your running program that you've been doing, yeah. is that, yeah, yeah. So obviously Sherelle and I teach people about a lot of things, but personally running is not my forte and bless everyone here in lockdown. Everyone, you know, they're going for a run because there's not much else to do, but you see knees caving in and ankles and all that. But Mm. what are you bringing people, Alyssa? Help us out. So I've got a a running program that we'll be releasing in the next few weeks because running is a huge passion of mine. I absolutely love it. And like you said, there are people that are getting into it because they want to get fit and yeah, what else do you do in lockdown? So to have a specific program that's tailored to actually safely getting people uh, mm. to be able to run the one and a one and 1.2 Ks or a 10 K run without injuring themselves. That's what I've, I've chosen to focus on. So I'm really excited for that mm. because like any program, if you um, write it well, um, and and periodize it properly and in, implement progressive overload properly, mm. then there's minimal risk of injury rather than just going out there and running five ten k's or whatever it is without ever having ran before. Mm. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, so that'll be releasing in the next couple of weeks. That's so Amazing. exciting. I know. Um, you know, like I used to run quite a bit and. I think whenever you've been a bit of a runner, I can't help but notice people's gait and especially their feet. And it's something that I'm so mindful of is because I I did a bit of coaching back in the day for running. And like, even now, like my outing, I go around Maribyrnong and walk around the lake. And obviously like, it's such a low, um, perceived to be a low point of entry to get out and go for a run. I'll just go for a run now, gym, gym, you know, go go for a run. What do people do when they go to the gym for the first time? They go on the treadmill, I'll just do a bit of a run. And (laughs) when you, when you've been a runner, right? When you've been a runner and you know, like the mechanics and it's like, that's a freaking lot of repetitions, right? Every time you hit the ground, yeah. like a, you're going to go and do 5,000 squats, you know, True, it's very actually. Um, or 5,000 lunges each side, give me 5,000 free sets. But you know, even I was there the other day and I was watching someone's foot and their shoes and like, when you've been in that space and like done so much reading about it and like, yeah, I just, I just wish it wasn't such a low point entry. I'm just going to go for a run sort of thing. Yeah. And then I cop on Q&A Fridays, all the questions. Why does my calf hurt or why have I got plantar fasciitis? I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Are you seeing them? 
<laughs> and people, like because you need to realize like you know when we run like it's it's the mechanics have to be proper and all those you know your core your internal obliques like all these sorts of things your shoe wear um there's no surprise that you pull up sore you know i don't train carbs for a week and i do a set and my car, i can't barely walk the next day i couldn't imagine just going for a run as well as cardiovascular fitness like building that up independently as well yeah, it's a whole nother ball game. So this is a very much needed product, Alyssa. So please hurry up. No. Um, <laughs> I want to go for a run. <laughs> no, there's a lot of exciting things coming for you. And, and of course there would be, because that's the kind of person you are, you know, obviously you're not working at the moment, but your energy is just incredible and your attitude towards this. So you continuously inspire me every day and you lead by example. You practice what you preach and that's why you are well respected but will also go far in what you do so yeah we really appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your wisdom and I want everyone to go and follow you and have a good time and watch your adventures but then also learn from you as well so where can people find you so on Instagram at Alyssa J Ford uh, otherwise, our Bliss Therapies platform is at Bliss Therapies. So those two are my my biggest platforms. I've got a Recovery Queen page as well for a few tips and tips and tricks. But I would love for for those to follow me or ask me any questions that you need. I'm a pretty open book and and happy to chat to really anybody. But I really appreciate you having me on. It's been so much fun uh, just having a chat between a few friends. Uh, I hope, you know, people can, can get something out of it. Mm, absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of our listeners will be able to really relate to your story because, you know, there's a lot of other people that have been through um, some of those own traumas and troubles and, you know, have come out the other end. And I think it's a really cool space to be able to, you know, come onto podcasts and get onto social media and, and um, chat about those sort of things that, back then we just didn't have those sorts of platforms to do so and it was very much you know you go into the the hospital system or whatever and you deal with it and then you get on with life and it's it's nice to be able to look back now and be like actually like this is what we can learn from that and this is you know where I'm at now so thank you for sharing your story it's been an absolute pleasure as always um if anyone did take anything from this episode which I'm sure all of you did please take a screenshot share it on Instagram story tag all of us three and we'll definitely put um all the handles in the Instagram note as well for you to head over to the website check out the running program that's going to be coming up um and again thanks for tuning in guys thank you thank you